Hello, welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast. This is episode number three. I am here with Cody, Kish, and Graham. And today we are going to cover our favorite wheeling trips, but I figure that we ought to hop in with uh, some of the stuff that we've gotten done throughout the week. So I know that this week Kish and myself worked on my ship box and I ordered shifters. We got the exhaust out of it and we're getting a little bit closer to getting that Dana 20 and 231 in. And got the front axle all stripped down. Rear axle. Rear Major axle. Difference. That, that's what I said. I said rear axle. <laughs> Cody, you do Sorry, go ahead. Cody, you do anything this week? No, I really haven't done it. Well, that's not true. We, uh, this past weekend, we uh, set up the girlfriend's winch. So now she's all set up with that. Did a little crash course. God be with us when she decides to use that without somebody else knowledgeable there. But uh, then I did steering on on my sister's Cherokee, which which was a good time actually. Surprisingly, uh, I had a really really nice ream. Thank God. So it went super super simple. Like it was literally the easiest steering like install I've ever done in my entire life. So, so nice. it went better than uh, when we did your XJ? Ten times better. Do this. It was a perfectly sized 5 eighths ream. Literally just went, done, done. Set it into the pitman arm, and I was just like, praying to God that this thing was just going to go nice and easy. Ten seconds later, done. And I was able to align it up with the quick redneck alignment with the tape measure and me twisting some bars and doing fancy things, and it actually uh, goes on the road pretty nicely. That's pretty this- sweet. Is this that uh the Aluma Aluma link? No, kit? no, we, that is uh Caitlin's gonna be buying buying that setup soon, and we're gonna be doing that for hers. But this was actually a I believe it was a rough stuff kit, so it was just okay small Heims. Um, I don't know the exact sizing. Maybe Luke could give you a better idea of that. But uh, they're probably gonna be three quarters with a five eighths adapter, if my brain remembers correctly. Yeah. Um, it's- it, and it works out. It's really nicely. The only thing is, is it's kind of it's set up for a uh, an over the axle track bar, so it does hit. She only has like three quarters of a full turn to the drive or the passenger side. But I mean, other than that, it looks good. It's all painted up orange the way she likes it. So good for her. So what? You're gonna have to move the factory track bar mount back, like closer to the center line of the axle. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. If or that's, is it the coil buckets like yours? So it's a little bit of both, but right now it's mainly interfering with the uh, the track bar bracket, and I'm sure we could shave the uh, the coil bucket bracket. And, mm. and she does have the steering stabilizer bracket still there, which technically doesn't matter because only a high steer would really affect that, but it works good, looks good. So I'm hoping that comes out nicely for her. But Hopefully it functions well, because that's kind of critical. Mm. Yeah, Rainbow, you yeah. do anything? Uh, mostly just boring stuff. I finished uh, just a little bit of body work on the the new bed on the truck. That's been a several weekend job just getting that all set up. Uh, I bought a a new wireless winch controller finally, oh, so I don't have to use the sketchy, sketchy wire to run my winch. I didn't think I'd be using my winch that much the past couple trips. That's why I hadn't ordered it earlier. It's only like like 15 bucks. But, uh, you know, so I got that. Just got to wire it in next week. I have a new ter- a new trip I'm going to put on. 
before our trip this Sunday. So that's really all I had going on. I still need to do a little more body work on the rockers on the truck. But again, that's boring stuff. It's not a not what I want to be doing. I've got the coilovers and the um the two oh five and the eco box just sitting there. It's all almost ready to go. I need to order some more stuff and then I can get that rolling. Do I it. feel I... bad. I'm stealing your thunder because like I'm going coil over in the rear and I'm doing the uh doubler as well, but I'm dumb and bought prepackaged. Yeah, well I mean your doubler's gonna blow up, so it's okay. You'll yeah, well, everything my about my rig blows up. Yeah, you gotta hurry up with that eco box because I need me some SYE parts. Oh Give yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I mean, you could have bought mine. It's literally sitting on the shop floor right now. But hey, you I made your you to fuck off. Yeah, Kish <laughs> has been doing. You to fuck off. Dude, Kish has been doing a phenomenal job helping you out with your rig. Sadly, oh, I know. You know geographically, just... it's tough for me to come down and help, but he has first dibs. Hands down, he has been doing a phenomenal job helping you out with yours. That I mean, I can't just butt in and be like, "Hey, Richie, go fuck yourself." <laughs> like just take his so well that, yeah. that's exactly what i told you to do <laughs> but speaking of which actually we are now on new podcast servers so seriously if uh you are listening from whatever it may be give us a rating five stars two stars whatever you feel doesn't matter what you write but you know give us a little love whatever uh app you're working with let us know so yeah. we can see how we're doing yeah, I suppose that does tie into a little bit of channel admin stuff, uh, or whatever the fuck you want to call it for this. But, basically, I have submitted us to Apple Podcasts, so we're waiting to hear back from the verification through them. I'm waiting on Spotify's verification as well, but we are now live on Google. And then we have the classic Podbean. If there are any other services that you would like to see us on, please feel free to reach out. The uh, shop's account is the same as the podcast name on Instagram. Feel free to message me on there. I will try and get back to you as quick as possible. And um, thank you. So I think we should move on to today's topic. What is the best trip of the year? And is it because of the terrain or is it because of the trip? So I'm going to leave that one open-ended. I want to hear from Cody first. Jeez, put me on the spot. I so I was right gonna wait. On the spot. I was gonna wait to hear your guys's, but I will gladly hop in. So I'll steal the thunders, take it from somebody. I'd have to say it's easily. Shoot, man, you really put me on the spot. It's not easily. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I'd have to say it's definitely the Badlands trip. It is one of those weekends that I take the extra time off. We have a phenomenal time. We get to cook with everybody. We get to drink beer and sit by a fire. We get to go wheeling and then end it all up with swimming. Like it's hottest weekend, hottest weekend of the year, easily. Every single time we go, yep. second weekend of July, it's just absolute scorcher. Luckily, old boy here has AC in his Jeep, so I get to sit there all nice and comfy while poor, poor Luke over here has got a race car of a Jeep and no AC, no nothing. But T- towels on the seat to keep yeah. from sticking to the seat. <laughs> Thank you. But also, the, the terrain is, it's my style of wheeling personally. I mean, granted, actually, it, there's so many different types of wheeling. There's there's do or die stuff. There's really nice technical stuff. There's steep climbs. There's downhills. It was a little wet this past year, but it didn't stop us from absolutely killing it. We had a decent well, what, size. Was this year wet compared to last? Oh, absolutely. 
last year was like the driest it could possibly be. It was like 110 degrees. It was disgusting out. There was not a cloud in the sky. There was no moisture to be had anywhere except for the sweat on your brow. That was about it. Um, okay. But this year, I think this year was the best because we just, except for poor Sean. Poor Sean wasn't there. Oh. He tried so hard to make it happen. I mean, Graham can get that into that bad. story. Yeah. <laughs> what ended up happening? We were like, 45 minutes out on the road and I, I forget exactly what who pulled over first but Colin was in front he was just driving along and then I, I was behind in the back Sean was in the middle and I see him pull over and Colin didn't see him so he just goes blasting away so bye Colin uh, I pull over with him he's like I'm overheating and I was like oh and we pop the hood and the thing's just gushing cool on, out of the reservoir uh, so we had like a couple water bottles at the time. We were like, okay, let's uh, just put some water in it and, and see what uh, see what happens. Tell me and... somebody opened the radiator cap and it exploded everywhere. Oh, I don't, we probably did. We did at oh, one point because we had to fill it up. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, the thing just like wouldn't hold any cooling at all. So we waited for it to cool down for a little bit, but you know, we're trying to, you know, drive, you know, another two hours to get to, get to badlands and uh so we're like okay well let's put some put some cool in it quickly let's see if it holds it and we'll see if we can get to a rest stop or something and figure out what's going on and uh we do that cools down a little bit it was running a little better and you know we get back on the road for like probably two miles pulls over again it's even worse and now we don't have any water we've just got empty water bottles <laughs> uh and <laughs> we cut uh no we didn't even cut the water bottles difficulty. Wow. I I just cut stream. Um, did that happen for anyone else? Nope. No. Oh, okay. Good. Sorry about that. Um. <laughs> so now we only have got empty water bottles, and fortunately there was some puddles on the side of the road. So we we grabbed this disgusting <laughs> highway puddle water and put it <laughs> put it in the radiator because it's all we could do. Uh, and it, I think there was a there was a rest stop like three miles up a hill it was the uh i forget which one it wasn't it wasn't the main main one but it was it was just up the road like it wasn't it wasn't far at all or it didn't seem like it was far and uh you know we just we filled it up again and just drove until we got to the rest stop and at that point the motor was cooked like it was, yeah, it was he done that, he said that he has like a hairline crack between some water journals in the head or something that it just decided to that was the day it wanted to die yep it was done <laughs> I felt so bad because he had like, guys, all his camping stuff. Yeah, did you guys end up stealing his food to take up there? Yeah, we had to steal. Yeah, food. That, was good. <laughs> that was a very good part of that trip. Um, one thing I'd like to just interject here to give you an idea as to how far I've came in eight years. When I first had a Cherokee, I was filling the radiator by putting water in the. Uh, overflow bottle and i couldn't figure out why it wasn't getting into the radiator for a while <laughs> carry on with the story i figured but you needed a little bit of well i mean that's that's not a bad as long as you fill up the radiator till it's like mostly full and you've got the heat running and it's circulating and then you fill the resi up then it will bleed itself to some extent depending I on the know, purpose that. But... i've never had a problem with that but anyways, other than other than sadly Sean not making it, um, 
That was a good it was, trip. It was a good trip. We had a great Friday night hanging out with everybody. You guys sadly got in late, but I mean, that's kind of the trio. Yeah, but we stayed up and we partied, so. Yeah, we partied hard. Wait, was it very, was Friday? Very, hard. Yeah, Friday night was the, yeah, I woke up Saturday and my girlfriend was like coddling me in the trailer because I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And finally, I'm just like, guys, can we get wheeling because if i don't i'm gonna be puking in the back of this trailer oh and the worst part was i was in the trailer so everybody was walking in and out it felt like i was on a boat just like <laughs> flopping everywhere oh yeah um, you were dying saturday morning but i do want to add I think we all the, were i was i was going okay. to like noon i was pretty I, okay <laughs> i woke up at like 6 30 saturday morning ready to start my day <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was I that was like right when I started getting pretty bad with the drinking. So I showed up and the first thing I did was I chugged three water bottles. No, you you took your shirt off and cut your pants. And that was already done. I showed (laughs) up wearing them. I showed up wearing those. I drove from Connecticut in them cutoffs. Oh god. Trust me, Luke had a ball showing off his brand new cutoffs to me down at the shop before Wait, we headed out. Literally showing off a ball or <laughs> literally. Oh no. <laughs> Literally <laughs> those things were cut, dude. Yep. <laughs> um no, but yep. I showed up, I drank like three waters, a couple of Gatorades, and then it was straight up beer from about five o'clock in the afternoon. Until about two in the morning with every third beer, I would drink a water. So I woke up the next morning having to piss, but I felt great. (laughs) Yeah, I was definitely dying. But either way, we woke up, we started wheeling, and we had a phenomenal time. I mean, we ran the usual green-blue loop, which is barely a green or blue loop. It's more of a blue-black in the reality of things. But uh, went down that super sketchy steep hill. I ended up taking a very odd line because I got because my. Uh, oh yeah, I remember that. My well, my steering surprisingly fucking worked perfectly. Yeah, well, thank God to Graham. Luckily, Graham was at the bottom, kind of uh, spotting me, and he was like, "Well, it might work, but I don't know until you try it." And went into it, and luckily, it was like this triangular rock, and I rode my tire on it like perfectly across it and then just like drop down into it and kept on going but yeah you couldn't have hit that line better i was really skeptical as to how much <laughs> you were gonna just totally destroy if you slipped off that rock and you didn't you're good no but if i did it would have hurt i definitely would have. i thought you were yeah. gonna die. no i was not gonna die the jeep might have died but i wasn't i no nah, it would have been fine I thought you, you would have had some body damage on their uh the roof rail side. but oh yeah yeah because the tree but yeah, um, you I mean, slid on it. regardless of the terrain, regardless of the wonderful camping weekend, the owner is one of the coolest guys you will meet. I mean, between Battlegrounds and Badlands, those two owners are seriously like two of the nicest guys you will ever meet. They will take the shirts off their back to make sure that you have a wonderful time being there. I mean, the guy literally was or at Badlands. He was literally cutting up wood. He was chopping trees down so that way we yeah, could have firewood. <laughs> and the year before that, he had. How tall was that pile, Graham? It was huge. Like, yeah. massive, massive logs. And he goes, I want this all burned by the end of the weekend. We're like, okay, sir. Aye, aye, Captain. It'll be <laughs> gone before tomorrow morning. <laughs> not not to mention this year, he also swung by and gave 
me and Jess that big box of hand sanitizer to hand out to everybody too. Yeah, yeah, which was and actually you know, cause I was like with right the in whole the, Rona. Yeah, it was right in the middle of the Corona thing. But um, yeah, he yeah. was awesome. But um, even the ride up to uh, to Badlands, driving, trailering up, it's a nice ride. At least for me, I go straight up ninety one and then cut across. I think it's one hundred over, um, or yeah, west towards like Vermont. And it's such a nice ride. It's nice windy back roads, not any crazy steep climbs except for one or two where you take that like super sharp left gram. Yeah, go up yep. that very steep windy hill. But other than that, like it's not much strain on the truck. I think I used maybe uh like a half a tank. But yeah, that's it has to hands down has to be one of my favorite trips. Yeah, the drive into there is is great. There's like the streams and it's just a, a nice nature drive once you get like off yeah. the main highways and everything. And if I had to guess for Luke, his favorite trip this year had to have been the the com, com, like the combination day that we went to Harris with the uh the Rockaholics group. Am I right? Nope. Dang Although it, I, was... I do want to go back and talk about Badlands a little bit more because hey, that was such it. a good weekend. Uh my favorite part of that weekend would probably be on Sunday. I was letting Richie drive my Jeep because I didn't <laughs> Uh, he didn't bring his Jeep up due to a blown up rear eight and a quarter. Uh, he -hmm. just got unlucky. It ate a pinion or not a pinion. What was it? A carrier bearing. And it just made a metal souffle. The the carrier bearing. And then my, the replacement axle had a few issues that (laughs) I unfortunately didn't notice until after it was in the Jeep. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, we had to reweld the shock mounts when we got back from Badlands, but <laughs> that at the moment is neither here nor there. So we took the green loop in, we hopped onto a trail called Soggy Bottoms, and it's fun. It's like uh, rocks on the bottom of these mud pits, so you can't really see where you're driving, but it's not like you're climbing out of slop. And it leads right into the bottom of Copperhead, so I got to watch Richie wheel my Jeep through a decent blue into a fun black and uh it was just good i got to hop in it and run the hardest part of the trail i hopped back out graham hopped in it was a good time for me but to get back to the uh favorite trip of the year i think my favorite trip would be the trip with rockaholics to the backyard that was a which one the first one or the second one um I'd say the second one. That's a tough choice. That is a tough choice. I don't know. That's, I, I can't to... really... I'd say they're both equal to me because the time that we had uh, the full buggy group out with Mark, I believe it is, and Zach and all of them, and um, Josh was there too, right? Yeah, yeah he, he was, was there for the first on, one. On the first trip, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was pretty definitely... wild. My vote would definitely be the first time. It was really cool for them to come out because they had no idea. They were coming out blind. Luke sent them a few photos. I know Richie sent them a few videos, but they came out and they were just like, oh shit. Like, there's actually some cool uh, obstacles here. Like, ju- Just to clarify for our audiences, the backyard is what we call my house for when the, uh, the clubs come down. And it's, uh, it's, a, back- it's a backyard built, uh, only accessible trail, right? Yes. Yep. Or invite only, if you will. Yeah. Um, 
But the reason I liked it is I got to do a couple of things in my Jeep. I didn't do anything crazy. My Jeep did whatever the hell I wanted it to do within reason. But it was just fun to watch um, some of the guys going all out, like on the cliff in the back, where they were. we were winching cages past trees to get the guy out kind of a it was very technical and it was very fun to watch that that was a gnarly climb very gnarly climb for sure graham has hit i think just about every single trip the club has done so i gotta (laughs) wonder what his is because Mm -hmm. he's got quite the plethora to choose from (laughs) well Cody, I think you touched on it. It was the the combination trip at Harris, and I forget the first property we went to. Or do we just Brookridge? I forget. Yeah, we were at Brookridge, mm. and then we camped at Harris. Yep. Yep. And yep. honestly, those style of trips for me are my favorite. The ones that are sort of you know just slapped together last minute almost, and it becomes a you know an entire weekend of wheeling. And they're usually small. There's usually not a ton of people at the group. Uh, It's generally like three or four of us. Cody, I think it was just uh, you, me, and Colin, and Luke was there. So just yeah, I was there. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite part about that was the morning of when we were at Harris and I had brought, or no, we went and bought a cast iron pan and like all breakfast stuff the day before. Mm-hmm. And I was, me and Luke were crudely reminded that bacon grease is extremely flammable. And <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, sitting there, <laughs> I was, I was sitting there cooking bacon and stuff for these guys. Cause they were drinking the night before. So they were kind of slow moving. And I'm sitting there talking. <laughs> Next thing I look back, and the whole pan is just on fire, like a <laughs> foot and a half tall flame. I'm like, "Oh shit, we gotta put that out." And Luke's like, "Nah, you're good." And just like came over, grabbed it with like a welding glove, slapped it around. Was like, "Fuck it, it's fine." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I actually slept pretty good that night too, considering I slept in the back seat of the jeep. I sort of just crawled in. And and I woke up the next morning. It was it was great. I love those those nights. Those are the best ones. Uh, yeah, there is a part of what led to my issue that I had when I was drinking pretty bad was all of those nights because we would just go out in the woods and like at Harris, I think we had what uh, some cooking supplies like ground beef, uh, eggs, and bacon for the morning, and like yeah bagels that we caught with a what was it just a flip out knife um yep fucking breakfast of champions basically (laughs) it was burnt everything was burnt (laughs) don't let cody help with the sleeping we grabbed a what was a 24 rack of long trail or something like that and uh yeah we were able to sleep Quite well. Like, I just crawled in the back of the tow rig, and I don't remember <laughs> what time it was. I woke up, and the truck was running at It was pretty late. Six. Oh, oh, geez, you left the truck running that long? <laughs> no, I didn't leave it running that long. I think I started it, because that night was fucking cold, if I remember correctly. Yes, and I hadn't brought... Or, I hadn't brought a sleeping bag. All I had was, like, a uh, throw she- blanket. So I was freezing my balls off and I think I woke up at like four in the morning and turned the truck on. So it only ran for two hours. Oh, that's not but bad. I yeah. passed the fuck out inside of that thing. And then we went out and we 
ran Harris. Like we but that did is, all I've the black down, down that the we most could. I've ever hooked up at Harris ever. I mean, it yeah. was, the conditions were so dry, and and this stuff that I've looked at and been like, I can't hit that, and then watch somebody go up it, and then put my tires on it and just go like that. That was that, the whole theme for the weekend, though. Yeah, it like, was it was an amazing weekend, just all around with the conditions. I didn't is, do the is wall. Is that the weekend you? Did- is that the weekend you did the wall of death, Graham? Yeah, yes. and that's partially why it's one of my favorite weekends. Just, <laughs> just that. And there's so much stuff at Harris that I'd looked at and we just hadn't hit that we hit that day just because we were just banging through everything. Yeah, we ended up getting separated from the buggy group. Yeah. Well, so it started we out to... as a slow day, too, because you popped a tire. Uh, we were just yeah, behind I... all the buggy guys. We didn't know where, you know, where we wanted to be because, you know, we're like buggy ish, but not really full on buggies. Like we're not going to go, you know, up some of the ridiculous stuff where you're going to roll and ruin your shit. So initially I think we, we weren't really I mean, just, there's too many people to all together and we were, weren't hitting all the right stuff. But once we got warmed up and we're, you know, we split up properly, I guess. And we were still looking cause we were behind at this point. Cause you'd pop your tire. But I think that mm. was almost a blessing in disguise because then we got to, you know, just go as the four of us or whatever and, and hit stuff. And, uh, we just, yeah, that was loud. I remember that pop for some reason, popping that tire was exceptionally bad. We ended up like putting rocks under my differential high lift, jacking it up, setting it back down with the tire pop to like, was it a pop tire or just pop beat? I thought it was just, I blew the valve stem out of it. Oh, that's right. Okay. So we had to, take the bead off and then we had to get another valve stem in there which wasn't the worst but we couldn't get the thing to reseat it took like forever to get it to reseat mm-hmm. um but i do agree that was a blessing in disguise and one of the better weeks for traction you did the wall of death i did the climb next to it and the climb next to it i've watched people have to hit full throttle and instead i just was able to crawl through it even pulling my front tire like two feet in the air when it was walking into the line um that was stellar and there was a couple like i think cody and i described it in another episode but we did one wall where it wasn't as long as the wall of death but it was a similar level of steepness for about seven feet and we just hopped on it and went it was pretty wild yep yeah that's where uh colin did the uh did Creek trail on three tires and not even because one was in the air, but because the one on the ground was popped. So technically he did it on two tires. Yeah. That's, had... that's a great picture. <laughs> He's got a picture of it and it's, uh, it's a thing of beauty. It is. It's it glorious. Really is. The Creek trail is really fun too. I getting into it was a little, a little tough. There's some boulders, at least for my Jeep that were just, they kept hanging me up. But once we got into it, it really articulates you to that one side and you have to just rub the cage on that one rock. If you try to oh, well, like, get yourself balanced a little better, then it you're just going to smash the windows. So you really have to commit to that left ledge and just go totally yeah. sideways on it. I'm excited for that, especially after I do the uh, tube work in the rear because I'm going to have something to rub down, which is going to stick out you know, an extra three inches away from the window just to help keep everything intact. Yep, it's worth it. Well, you won't be able to do the... Anymore, R.I.P. Harris, but 
That's a different conversation. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I don't know what the deal is with that place right at the moment. I think yeah, he's, you ain't wrong. He's, he's trying to figure that out, right? We'll see what happens. I, I, I'd I, love I, to see that property come back, but I, I'm not holding my breath. I, I would absolutely love to see Harris come back because I actually only have ever been there one time. Really? Yeah. How'd you manage that? The one time. The one Harris time is last like, year. I've gone so many times. That yeah, is like how I, I learned to wheel. Like that place was like me on 35s. I, was that's basically how I learned how to how to do everything. I had I had something going on that prevented me from going the weekend that you guys hit the what was it Brookridge and Harris. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then after that, Harris got closed down. Yep. Yeah. So Kesh, yours. My favorite trip for me would probably be the second time Rockaholics came to my house. That was a good time, too. Just because, A, that is the happiest I've ever been with the performance of my Jeep. And just, we were able to get so many new trails cut. And just, it, it was fun overall. Plus, I got to give my mom a full-blown fucking panic because <laughs> she finally had the balls to say i want to go out on a trail so i took her and regretted it immediately <laughs> yeah i remember I, watching I, I him still coming have... out of the woods and he's ripping out and i saw his mom slap him in the arm at, on the way out of the trail and he's going like 10 15 miles an hour through these like they're jeep and a half width wide at some points and that's like a good point on the trail and he's just racing out of the trail as i'm walking back in and i'm like and and my mom just had her fucking knee surgery done too so she actually, because it was her right knee, and so as a passenger, that knee was exposed because I didn't have any doors on the Jeep. Mm. So she actually stuffed her leg into a pillowcase with the pillow <laughs> for a uh, shield. That's kind of hilarious. I, I had to get her a three and a half foot tall step ladder to get in and out of the Jeep. <laughs> And she she's yelling at me to get her back to the house as quick as possible, but she's yelling at me to go slow as possible. <laughs> she's getting bounced around. She's she's having a full blown plant panic attack. She's hysterically crying. I get up to the house, run around the jeep, get the ladder all set up, go to start helping her out. As soon as her foot hits that top run on the ladder. She starts hysterically laughing. I'm like, did I just break my mommy? <laughs> I love the best part about that, too. Is she, after she was like, yeah, I had fun. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. That was, uh... Oh, sorry. And then no, after that, because I was lazy and never aired up my tires to go to work Monday. So... After I got home, my dad was saying something about wanting to uh, go out and see the trails, too. I'm like, well, my tires are still aired down. You want to do it now? My mom starts tweaking about 
my dad's bad back. And I'm like, oh, I'll, I just won't hit any of the obstacles. I'll just go down the green loop. And my dad's like, oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. And my mom's like, that was a fucking choice. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to hit the obstacles. I'm like, yeah, but you said you wanted to try wheeling, and wheeling is obstacles. You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> uh, yeah, the first trip we did to the backyard was particularly noteworthy for me because I almost rolled the Jeep accidentally with the girlfriend in it, and the girlfriend was half hungover from the night before, so she was quite pissed at me. She took it well, but... She didn't ride with me again for another, like, solid three or four trips. <laughs> I honestly, well, I, I like the second one because we got that entire lower ledge cleaned up for the most part. I think there's still more yeah. that we could cut. To oh, there's a lot make that. Yeah, but, I mean, I didn't even realize that that was stuff you could hit, right? It was just so overgrown and there was so much crap in there. And then when, I forget which which well, one of the you guys. Know, there's... Well, Graham, you're actually a pretty good candidate to ask this, but like, how do you think of the development of the property since the first time you came down? I mean, it's come come really far since I remember we first went there, right? There was initially just the green loop and then like four obstacles off off of it. Yeah, so yeah, like, hit or miss. Are hard. Four, four obstacles that we had tried to tell you not to come down, but you did anyways. Yep. <laughs> but now I think we've, I mean, really, I guess the first time we opened a ton of stuff up too, where we had the, you know, you've got the right side with a couple stuff, couple trails, not trails, mm-hmm. but obstacles to hit off of the trail. Uh, there's the right hill or left hill side, which has couple options there as well and then further down that other you know hill climb almost and now you've got more stuff in the middle i just think overall the property's grown you know three times what it used to be which well, is just my, insane my favorite yeah. trail that we've cut so far is that uh the one going up my creek yep i, I that just think trail that is a fun little ass. trail <laughs> it's it is fun I can't figure the fucking line on that cocksucker. Every goddamn time I go to do it, I end up using my wheel studs for traction. Every <laughs> single, single time. time. I destroy the rim. It's like guaranteed. And I know I need beadlocks, but I'm poor. And I want stickies. Um, but I like that property, especially because it changes every single trip. It's never, ever the same. That's also why, like, my my property is, like, my favorite style of terrain. Because it's, it's not all just, rock, you know, exposed rock, but it also changes every time. I don't like that, because then I get myself in really bad situations, because I'm like, this is easy. And then I get up something, and it's not easy anymore. It, ju- it just keeps you on your toes. To- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, that's the all virgin- it is. The virgin aspect of your trails is a lot of fun, except for when you're trying to cut greens and you're like, hey, let's try to make it easy so that way we can have other people show up and have a good time. Or we'll send my girlfriend up it and we'll see if she can make it up and see if it's considered a green. And And it's it's not a green. green. It It is is what it is. It's a blue property through and through. And I don't know if (laughs) any amount of I don't think we can cut enough green trails to make it 
less blue than it is. I think the only green there is the one single loop. Yeah, the green. I was just no the one that. Sorry, Richie. uh, The one that you popped your like driver rear window on. I feel like that's a green. It's pretty easy. I don't think that's quite green. Yeah, but green, the climb out of it me, not easy. Green True. to me has always been like, you know, a Jeep with like 33s open open could do. Like that's what a green's always been to me. And I I don't really see a your your average Jeep on your average kind of 33s doing it. Yeah, you'd have to be like locked at least in the front to get out there with the uh, climb out. What like you know that area where you go past the there's that long mud pit, or you can kind of bypass it by going on the high side and cutting down to the lower part of the ledges. When you go to go up that first set of ledges, even the easy part of that takes a little bit of commitment. Like we had to have Caitlin kind of commit to coming up that she couldn't just like gently roll her way into it. She had to pick a line and go with it. True. She's on 35s. And to clarify for anybody uh, listening, if you're new to wheeling and you actually don't know the way that trails are like rated is green, blue, black, red. Think of it in the sense of uh, like skiing. You have your green circle, your blue square, your black diamond, and your double black diamond, but the double black diamond is the reds. Just to kind of give a little, I know we have some listeners who come from all sorts of different places across uh, New England or United States, and if you don't know, now you know. So that way, if you ever go somewhere or go to an open run or anything of the sort, you can set yourself up so that way you're going to have a good time and not just destroy your shit. Yep. By the way... Shout out to uh, JF Off Road. Thank you for the downloads. They all Thanks, have been buddy. listening to it. So, uh, yeah. Um, on that note, like a trail like Ma Bell is fun because it's like a bluish green, greenish blue to go up it, but it's got reds and blacks right on the sides. So you can take someone on 33s, open, open. Oh, excuse me. Up the legal way, and not have a problem getting up there. But at the same time, your buddy in his one-ton sticky Cherokee with a three and a four link, and you know, caged is bouncing rev limiter on loading dock, which is a fairly tall wall that you can climb on the way up. Or they're going up the V notch at the main ledge. Or, you know, pull and tire at Diff Dragger. I've got to upload on the uh, YouTube channel a video of Cody going up Diff Dragger on a slightly sketchy line. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I love that line because nobody ever listens to me when I say, hey, just kind of literally aim your passenger tire up that tree. And then once you feel like that your tires are starting to climb up to the top, follow through with it and nobody listens i mean it's it's it a sketchy so one good with barely... i i no. that's that's been the line for the past couple years and most <laughs> of the time i can get up it but there are some times that it just just isn't going i don't i don't know and it definitely keeps getting dug out which changes it slightly the line yeah. hasn't changed but that pit that your pet or driver rear gets sucked into is sketchy 
Ma Bell has changed so fucking much over the last two years. Yeah, uh, my first trip there was literally seven years ago today. So. Oh shit. Yeah, no, I went oh, up. Happy with, anniversary. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was my introduction to actual wheeling. I went up there with um. Same. I think Harry. Uh, what was it? it was Harry um. The dude that ran the C Team Off Road event. Oh God, I can't remember his name. But he had a uh, K30 on one tons with 44 boggers. Hmm. That's cool. That's cool. And that I brought my XJ with the Bronco 44 and the eight and a quarter welded. And I ran the same trail with them. And it just blew my mind what my Jeep could do. Because this was back when I made some bad choices. So we went down to Zuki Hill and I got to watch some... XJs and 44 boggers do magical things, and that opened my eyes to the whole sport. Yeah, Ma Bell is but, definitely hands down. Like, I think it's the perfect spot. If you're going to have a big group, it's perfect. You don't have to pay for anything. It's a small trail, so it takes, it takes half a day, but at least you can have your buddy who's on a little TJ open open with 31s. He could come up right next to you, watch you the whole entire time, and he could have a great time. And then you have me 35s locked or like me and Richie locked with 35s and we can have fun on the blues and black obstacles. And then we got you two assholes on your massive like one ton Jeeps. You guys can go do whatever. Like the first time I ever met you guys was when Colin blew out his uh, his ball joints. Like that was spectacular to me. I'm like, how does this even happen? How do how does one go from driving normal to just plank? Like, and then, well, now I understand, but I was able to, I was sitting right next to him. I was literally the trail over on the green, just like sitting there watching you guys. I was 31s open, open on ATs. Like, I'm just sitting there like, oh, look at these guys. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, and then all of a sudden rev limiter and then gunshot. And then I'm like ducking for the hills because I'm thinking there's a sniper out there. Like, yeah. My My favorite part about that day, though, was I just hit everything. I hit all the major ledges on 35s with a three link. And I had a a buddy of ours in the club, Rob's kid, in the uh, Jeep with me. And he's holding on for dear life as we're shooting up. We're just one shotting all the way up to the top. I shut the Jeep off and started walking down the hill to spot people. It was, we got up that in probably five four minutes maybe from yeah, the base of the rock garden to the top of the trail. Um, yeah. I wasn't doing that great that day. I think it was allergies were just killing me. Yeah. I, I had a phalanase or something and I just remember allergies. sitting, I was just sitting next to Colin's broken ass Jeep, just dying. I had like a spare <laughs> shirt I was using as a snot rag because I just couldn't get my <laughs> nose to stop running. It was a miserable day. I mean, it was fun, but it was it was not fun at the same time. I was just waiting for Rob to come back with ball joints so we could leave. <laughs> Wait, is that yeah? Was, was that Ryan's first day with you guys too? Yeah, that it was. was. Ryan, shout out to him. He is awesome. He, one of the honorable mentions for best trip out of the year would either be my trip with you, Cody, or my trip with Ryan. And it was literally two rigs, and we ran Ma Bell in about. Uh, 40 minutes up the entire trail hitting every hard obstacle just like leapfrogging vehicles up the trail 
<laughs> so we would get Ryan up the obstacle and I would yeet myself down. Or when me and Cody went, we hit everything and we didn't even need spotters. I managed to make gatekeeper in one shot that day. So we just went up gatekeeper with my neighbor who had never gone wheeling before. Just straight up the center line of gatekeeper <laughs> as his introduction to the sport. <laughs> and both I of still haven't tried gatekeeper. Great. Every time I watch Colin do it, bad. it's sketchy. It's very sketchy. It's just you got there's the line, you get in it, you hit it once, you fall out of it, you make sure you're back in the line, and you hit it harder the next time. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair. Every time I've done it. Yeah, and <laughs> just run out of gas. The tank doesn't have any gas to give to the pump because he's so vertical. <laughs> uh, I guess so. Yeah, well, if he had a full tank, it yeah, wouldn't do for... that. Is, so is, is Colin's tank up in his floor? I actually have never nope. looked. Or he's, he's just a got a, he's got a skid plate on it. Yeah, he's got a skid row, quarter inch thick skid plate, and that thing's taking some fucking abuse. Mm -hmm. And I know that he, I think he had to notch it. When we have him on, we'll have to ask him, but I think he had to notch it to get that 60 around that. But, oh. Speaking of tanks and floors and whatnot, I heard that when you do it with like a new body, like plastic style tank, I heard it's a pain in the ass. It doesn't fit as nicely as like the metal tanks from like the 90s. Yeah, the metal tanks have a great little flange that you can just rest it on the inside and strap it down from the top, I think. Uh, with the plastic tanks, um, Peza did it, and I was thinking about doing it. Is you can take a uh, in the factory skid plate, which isn't that thick, but you can probably raise the tank up three, four inches and just by bringing it up to the floor level. Then the tank rests in the skid plate, and you can strap it down from the top that way. That's kind of what I've been thinking about doing lately. As Luke d likes to remind me every time I back up on things, he's like, "Tank, tank," because I just I, forget I don't know. It's yeah. there. I I don't know how my tank hasn't hasn't blown up yet. I oh, never I'm never thinking about it. it it's I mean, shit, Cody. Very vulnerable. Yeah, Cody, you've seen some of the scratches and dents. Yeah, in my gas tank. It's pretty crazy. I definitely think the plastic tanks take a lot, a lot yeah. more abuse than the metal tanks, obviously. But maybe they just have a little bit more give, like more give than I think they do with the plastic tanks. Because mine has like a few scratches on it, but it's really not that bad. It's there's no gouges, there's no. Yeah. yeah. I I got some pretty gnarly gouges on my plastic tank. And <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> on that note, though. The issue I had on Ducky with the stock tank was I couldn't figure out a filler situation for it because using the factory filler sounds good and all, but when the length is totally wrong, the length is totally wrong. And I couldn't find any aftermarket hoses or anything that would allow me to couple to that setup and go to a single uh, fill setup so I could just change the location. And that's currently what I'm trying to figure out right now and my debate as to whether I want to keep the stock one or whether I want to go to an inline fuel pump weighted pickup plastic cell in the rear um, and just put a separate fuel gauge in it because I'm losing my radio to go 
uh, Bluetooth speakers anyway, because shitbox life is like where it's at. But you know, so that's something for another discussion. Yeah, and that's something Jacob's having to deal with with his truck too. Is you know he wants to use the factory tank, but he doesn't really have a good spot for the filler because it's got that flatbed on it, and the tanks the tanks on that side. So he doesn't. There's no real good place to put it. Yeah, honestly, you'd be doing far better to just put a fuel cell in the bed of that thing at this point. Yeah, I mean, I just want to get him out wheeling. So yeah, I totally agree there. Because once mm-hmm. he gets bit by the bug, he'll be back at it. But it's been what years since he had that black XJ? Yeah, it's been a few years. I'm excited for this this truck, though. I know there are some skeptics out there about the whole thing, but uh, I think once he gets the floors done and we put some body armor on it to keep it from turning into a raisin immediately it'll be a it'll be a solid rig and then once he gets one tons under it and puts 40s on it it's gonna look sick and it's gonna perform pretty good assuming it fits down the trails we'll see honestly i think what's gonna happen at that point is depending on what his finances will allow and what he's able to do I could see you guys back having that, throwing the bed skins on it, or throwing like uh, maybe bed skins on it or something, and just building a four link with whatever shock and coil setup or coil overs he wants to do. I feel like yeah, that I'm, thing's. I mean, be I think we're skipping fun. the bed skins in- entirely. I think what he's. I mean, I can't speak for him, but he does like the flat bed look. So I bet you it'd be more like a, you know, a narrowish, just utility bed almost, sort of like the um, I don't know if you've seen the the Reckless Wrench Ranger, but I'd bet I he'd haven't... probably be more in line with something like that, I think, than a bed skin. Okay, but you know what I'm saying though, like uh, if you guys were to take the time, throw some tube at it, it'll be a very cool project. Yeah, I think it'll be unique, Rusty's... especially for around here. And I know that Rusty's actually, I think they sell a kit for the T100s. A buddy of mine had one, and it looked nasty. And it was actually a pretty sick setup. And I believe it's just, like, obviously you have to weld it in and all that. But it fits nicely, and it allows pretty nice uh, suspension. What is it, a flatbed or? What, the Rusty setup? Yeah. No, it's it's like a whole, like, it's like a back half. So pretty much you just take your frame, chop it right behind the cab. And then it, everything mounts off of that. It goes to like it's like a I believe it's a four by six cap style that like caps in the frame, yep. and then you weld everything off on top of that. But I believe it comes pre bent and allows you to have like now it's it's practically a roll bar at that point. It connects everything and it's pretty sick, pretty sleek setup, and it allows for you to do a uh, a fuel cell and everything has a compartment for it. And I now that you mentioned. Now that you mentioned Yoda's, though, that was another thing we did this week is we went up and we saw Noah from JF to uh, talk about caging up his dad's Toyota on tons. So that's that was kind of cool. It was nice to see those guys and uh, we're cooking with some ideas there. Cool. Cool. So I think we've beat the topic of where we like to wheel to death and uh, all that. How about we uh, talk about some axles, because this is not the most common topic that ever gets brought up in the utility of Jeeps ever. Yeah, I'll, I'll start off. Uh, Dana 35 superior axle, hands down. You cannot 
Do no, not no, change no, no, my no, 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 no. Do not change my Rear Dana 30. You can yank no. him out of a Volvo. Oh. Boom. I think it's IFS too. You really can't beat it. Oh, that's Ooh. even better. <laughs> oh, wait, what about the front differential of a Ranger being a Dana 35 differential in the front? I mean, that's. that's oh, then you can just, you know, total flip. Dana 35 oh. front, 30 rear. Perfect. On a very... 37s on that. <laughs> I shit you not, though, on a very side note to this, I know someone, <laughs> or I know of someone who built a, like, a budget Ultra 4 car, and they used the Explorer front frame section with a 3.0 SHO Taurus motor running on, um, oh, what the fuck is it? Uh, that one where you can, Mega Squirt. Okay. He's running it yep. on Mega Squirt with a 8.8 in the rear on, 37 stickies and racing it at line mountain that thing is fucking sweet even with the dana 35 that's been bored out to accept 44 stuffs jesus jesus christ that sounds terrifying. like it's it's awesome it's a almost ultra four level build but it's just smaller it's like someone shrunk the course car three quarters um hmm. <laughs> but on the note of axles when it comes to deciding if you need to do tons or if you want to do tons, it's... I'd say if you have to ask, then yeah, no. I mean, that's not to gatekeep it, but there's there's stuff that you definitely want to you know know about your driving style and you know how you want to. I mean, I guess if you're sending it to somebody else to build it, that's a different you know story entirely. Uh, I think reliability-wise, a one-ton axle uh, is way more reliable on a, even on a driver uh, than a thirty and a and a, you know, just the smaller axles in general. But you know, with that comes you know it's it's a lot of extra cost. It's it's a lot of extra custom stuff to deal with, and it's it's definitely not something that everybody needs right away. Yeah, especially like it's been a, a discussion between Luke for probably about a year now. Uh, the girlfriend wants like she has her TJ, and we were kind of talking with her on like what her uh, finalized idea would be for her Jeep. And me and Luke decided like, hey, it'd probably be best to set you up on like some JK axles. You have bigger U joints, um, newer like I mean they're newer axles, so obviously they have a little bit more uh, engineering involved with them compared to like an XJ or a TJ axle. And it's not even everybody... so much the engineering, it's just that they're in general bigger and you can get more aftermarket shit for them. Like, you can slap some 35 splines in there and go. I don't think they're, like, better built than some of the older axles. But, yeah. I think it's, it's more refined, for sure. I mean, yeah. the gear sets are thicker because it's stronger or something like that. I remember reading those those articles. So, And everybody yeah. kind of just shits on her for that because... It's like, oh, if you're going to put the time and effort into doing them, you might as well just do tons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tons, 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 tons. And, well, then now she's, like, poking at me. She's like, well, why the fuck are we going to build me some JK axles? I'm like, well, because, honestly, you can set it up so that way it'll work with her stock control arms. It'll work with – or not stock, but, like, uh, adjustable control arms. It'll work with your current drive shaft setup. Well, actually, she has to do an SYE. But whatever, like, the, the amount of stuff that she would have to change – to go with a one it's ton a good axle. bit lower 
not to go to a one-ton axle, but with the JK axles, it's a good bit lower. And yes. to give you yeah. perspective, she likes running like blues that are a little on the green side to a little on the harder side at max. And she's running 35s, possibly going 37s. So a JK30 or a JK44, whatever they decide to go with, is going to be plenty to run that setup under a rig that's going to, it's not going to see a doubler. It's, and it's never going to see blacks unless she somehow comes out of the woodwork just like rain, Even rain, if she wanted to run blacks, <laughs> if she wanted to run blacks, all she'd have to do is she'd have to stay away from the skinny pedal on the right. She can't just go sending it. She'll have to crawl everything. But even then, it'll still do it. Like, I was and, running blacks with the 30 and the 8 and the quarter. Yeah, I was going to say, the blacks isn't necessarily the problem. It's the uh, it's the rev limiter that gets them. And, yeah, uh, but it just... I'm just able to run blacks. Of, mm, and we were yeah, also exactly. talking about going with deeper gearing, and you can get a deeper gear set for a newer JK axle, or yeah. JK axles in general. So it's something that we're trying to save her uh, her current transmission. It's the... Uh, what is it, Luke? 42 RE. Yeah, but you she's can... already having the overheating problems. She's already had to do new wires to it from the ECU or from I guess the, it's the Yeah, they had a bunch of issues. The TCU, I think. TCM. TCU, pardon me. Yeah. No, those some, had the like, PCM. 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 Uh, one of those things. Yep. Same difference. And uh it just it's one of those things that we really felt like it's not worth it to go with like one ton axles. Yeah, you're gonna be putting in the same amount of effort. Yeah, you're gonna be putting new um like mounting points onto it you're gonna be doing all that but you're saving yourself so much more than having because then she'd have to do a fuel cell and then she's gonna have to start um then she's gonna Mm -hmm. do a new shock setup she's gonna have to just start beefing everything up it's just there's so much that's gonna go into it that she just doesn't need but now like i know but at the same time i really want you guys to let me get creative and put a four link (laughs) in the back of it i'm just saying like i i've been thinking about it you know some 33 inch long lowers 28 inch long uppers by my math that should be pretty happy throw some you know black magic in there and maybe just pop the tub up a little bit to get some welds on top and call it a day yeah, that would be sick, and obviously any bougie, she is hands in all game for. But uh, <laughs> I don't think but, she's gonna be game for like a month worth of work because we'll have to like lift the tub the solid six or four or five inches off just to get the uh, welding gun in there. Because like, <laughs> if I'm gonna weld suspension brackets onto a frame, I want them to actually stick. I don't want it to be a problem. You yeah, know, duct tape it. Duct tape some crazy glue. Fucking mint. That'll be sick. JB Weld, brother. <laughs> All right. But one thing that I do want to address is if you're looking at it and you're like, man, I got to build my stock axles, which I'm already starting to have issues with, you know, like I'm popping U joints left and right. And, you know, I, I got changing a shaft down to, you know, a 15 minute ordeal if I have a Milwaukee by my side. You know, at that point in time, it's one and a half times the cost of building a nice Dana 30 and say 44 or eight and a quarter or eight, eight to go one tons. Because if you're going to throw a truss on the 30, 
if you're going to throw a truss on the 44 or eight and a quarter, whatever it is, you're still buying a truss. It might be 120 versus the 200 for the Sterling. But in the end, you're still spending a decent chunk of change to build a bougie stock axle, to quote Caitlin. Um, <laughs> and for the same amount of money, a junkyard Dana 60 with a set of 538s, a Spartan, you know, tractor supply uh, ordered Ram and home done drilled and tap steering box is going to outperform a Dana 30 and it's going to cost you one and a half, maybe 1.6 times as much to build. The cost of the gear sets is a little bit more. Like I think the cost. Yeah, but you're, you're skipping. I mean, it doesn't really, it's not, doesn't pertain to something like a TJ, which already has a frame. Like, I mean, I guess you could box the frame, but at least on a Cherokee, I mean, there's some stuff that I wouldn't, I mean, you can put one ton axles on an unstiffened frame. And I guess once, once you have the investment, right, you have the axles, you can throw them under whatever, because you, you've already built them and set them up for something once. So it's not that big of a deal to, to swap them into a new project at some point. So you're not really losing out on your investment when you build them. But I think you know what? if you're, you're actually right. going to do like some, some, good wheeling around here at least i mean i've i've had to replate my driver side frame where the track bar sits a couple times because it's it's tearing away it's just the axle and all the forces that i'm putting it on or putting on it is just not a just doesn't hold up that well and i don't know if i'd want to do that without all the precursor stiffening and other things i've done to just make it i guess i made a I made a mistake with that then because I inst not instantly, but like um I assume that if you are at the point where you are going to be considering wontons, you are already doing the supporting mods anyway because they're required to keep the Jeep alive. Like I had a bunch of issues with my track bar before I even had the wontons. I had a bunch of issues where I am so glad that I stiffened it before I even wheeled it. So I, I guess maybe I just skipped over that point, but like you have to have the supporting mods to go with it. And yeah. I built my Jeep with the supporting mods to go with it before it even got wheeled. And you, you have an advantage because you've done it before. You knew what those were. I feel like, I mean, not everyone knows that you're going to want a traction bar on your 10 and a half because otherwise you're just going to wrap the springs and destroy springs and like, a month or two of wheeling. You know, I guess I didn't even like put that into consideration. I did learn that particular lesson that you just said right there, the hard way, because my last setup had the, um, it was ducky. So I had the four link in the back, so I couldn't wrap the rear axle. If I'm no. wrapping the rear axle, something else is going way, way worse. <laughs> my day is exponentially worse than axle wrap. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can build, a. as far as the cost of building just the axles, I'm going to say you're talking about spending probably about 1700 for doing a good set of stock axles. 
you're talking probably about 23, 24, 2500 to do a good set of one tons by the time that you get everything included. And that's not including chromolys versus the other stuff I'm including front chromolys for the Dana 30 and being thrifty and buying on sales mm. for everything. Like my front axle's probably got 1800, 1900 into it, and my rear's probably about a grand and grand yeah, and, and maybe change. The rear axle is definitely easier. The fronts, depending on what you're doing, uh, can be kind of a pain. Uh, I mean, and then you sort of glossed over it, but all the steering stuff too. I mean, if you're going to do a one-ton axle and you're actually going to wheel and not destroy your steering box, you're going to want steering box brace, which you don't have yet, but you should get one. Uh, uh, it's on the list before it comes out of the uh, shop for good i might yep. be coming out once it's four link just to get that toyota in if i'm doing his cage but it's gonna go back in there and get finished because there's so much stuff to get done and then That's on yeah the list. and you drilling the pump out and using you know wj pump if if you're blown i had nothing but problems with the factory ones and the drilled out uh fitting uh for to increase flow it just didn't they just didn't hold up. They they continue to burn out. The WJ pump is designed better. It actually just pushes the return fluid right back towards the pump. So there's there's no, or I would assume, less cavitation because it's all going straight back into the pump. And if it needs more, it just sucks it from the reservoir as well. Uh, I've Wouldn't that cause a, heating problems, though? Well, that's why you have a big-ass cooler. Fair. Yeah. yeah I mean... Good times blowing is... up my, uh, my very first... Was it the first trip out? Or it must have been the second trip out. Uh, I I burned out the the pump. When you just... went to Badlands, I yep. remember that. That it was, was bad. horrible. It was like had to had the motor at three grand just to turn the thing because the whole pump was locked up. It wasn't moving. It was sketchy. But on the other hand, you can build a budget set of axles. I'm going to reference Kish and Cody here. For, um, I don't know what they have into him. I'm going to guess Kish has a little bit less because he doesn't have gears. And his rear is welded. <laughs> you also don't have the three-length, though. And more of Cody's experience yeah, exactly. was in the three-length than it was into the axle build. I think he's got, like, probably 600, 700 into that Dana 30. I mean, I could do the math out really quick, but... uh, Gears don't count. I think it, I think you need it, gears for like... any axle, though. I believe it's like 500, but that's like, I guess, that's, well, then it's probably not 500 then because Graham decides that <laughs> I don't count. That's fine. <laughs> the but gears. Now, between um, doing the truss, doing the new upper mount, um, I did did a few other new things. I did, like, I did the gears, um, and then pretty much just, like, got it all ready. We did a new uh, track bar bracket because stock one is obviously super chintzy and disgusting um shout out to kesha's track bar we rebuilt that <laughs> fucking mount at the shop that was a good freaking time i remember being stoned throughout the entire thing and laying dimes we're talking <laughs> like stacks for every weld on there i don't know how that happened but it happened <laughs> but and it's still going strong I mean, in reality, I don't have that much into my 
Dana 44 that I graciously got from Graham. And like between the 30, it's really not that much that I'm into it. They perform pretty well. Um, I mean, the Jeep kind of goes down trail like Helen Keller in a new house has to touch everything and crawls across the floor. But that's all right. I mean, it's a part of it. Honestly, though, Cody, you just need hydro assist and a big-ass power steering cooler, and that will yes. solve all your issues with your steering. Yes, because that... you're at the point just like Kish is at the point, but Kish needs to do something more than that. We got to do something nice for his steering because he's got the LRP shitbox proven method of ZJ tie rod welded and Aussie locked. And send that. I, I don't. I don't have any problems steering. Yeah, but we also drilled out your pump fitting, and we put on my old oh, auto did, trans cooler. Did we? I'm pretty sure we did. I've Does it never turn good? Touched, touched my. Uh, <laughs> I, I've never touched my steering pump. All right, well, then I might have a drilled one at the shop for you. That might have been what that one was. Dibs, Cody. Dibs. You literally take a. <laughs> is it a? 530 five thirty seconds. Oh, no, I, the way I do it is I bring seconds. the jeep to Graham's house and I go, Graham, please graciously teach me the ways because I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, I'll give you a drill and a drill bit, Joey. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's super do, easy. I'll just do it. Like I'll just get a new WJ pump. I think my pump is exploding. You, you need to keep anyways. the factory pump anyways, though, because you need the XJ fitting from the XJ pump to go in the WJ pump. You can't just buy a WJ pump. You just told me to just buy a WJ pump. Now you lie. Lied to I me. mean, you have to keep Graham. your other one, though. <laughs> you need okay, so that's fine. Yeah, just don't throw it away, is what you're saying. Yeah, because you need that so. thing. It's different. Okay. okay, so that's easy enough. I mean, I definitely need to do something. My steering setup is literally murdering itself. I, and I it's think, great. I think for starters, Cody, you should at least go to the auto parts store and just pick up one of those big-ass coolers. Yeah, they're not bucks, that expensive. Also. Do you think I should go with, like, a 3500 GVW cooler, or should I go with, like the big one, like the 7500 that I Just, have for? Uh, I don't, more. I don't know. I, I got, I got this... some massive one for like 25 bucks from the parts store. In a purple was box. A, was it just a cooler, or was it the whole kit? Ju- just a cooler. Yeah, I mean, and then the lines the... were like another eight bucks. But give me the. Uh, uh, I got the, the whole number. kit. It was like 30 bucks, 40 bucks, I think, for a whole part kit. Numbers. Lines. Oh, you go okay. to the parts store. You say I want the biggest. A transmission cooler you have yeah and you, take that. you don't, you don't even do that you just big... walk down the aisle no 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 no, 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 no. Have... we're going big brain right here what you do is you remove the ac from your rig you purge no. the condenser no you run a <laughs> rubber no. line to the condenser and that sounds like an accident waiting to happen <laughs> no that is i like big, my ac smooth brain ideas but I mean, I've gotten like I've gotten two seventy five hundred GVW tranny coolers from my parts guys, and it was like I think it was fifty dollars, and it comes with the whole kit. It comes with all yep. the uh, the double ended barbs. It comes with or the male to male barbs. It comes with the um, the lines. It comes with everything. So I think I might just do that and just set it up. It's extremely noticeable, and I don't know if it's a correct theory. But if you have an appropriate flow on the lines, which for a stock setup with a drilled out pump, I'm going to guess pushing 35s, you'd probably be in the realm. So then you add in the extra fluid in the system from putting on such a large cooler and uh, you're pretty damn good. 
like more fluid takes longer to heat up and i know that that's probably a cliche or something but if you've got a big that's literally what i deal with though yeah you've got a huge cooler i took my old auto trans cooler and converted that so i've got the 7500 gvw cooler on mine mounted in front of my mechanical fan and it works fine i don't have any issues with my power steering i feel like i mean i mean there's a lot of pressure that goes through these lines so am i gonna have to make a new line that goes from like the return line is not pressurized that much i think it sees like maybe 50 pounds yeah put it on on the return line you'll be fine that's what i was just about to ask is putting on the return line side so that way it uh also, if you're that cool, you throw a filter on there because I know mm-hmm. Graham did that. Yeah. I don't know if it helps, but I'm I know I've got crap that runs through uh, after a couple broken boxes and uh, rebuilding the steering boxes a few times. I'd rather be safe than sorry. But it's like Cody, I I'm able to go out and wheel for an entire day, and my steering normally doesn't have any negative effect but i've seen times where it's like after an hour you have to start like wrenching it and after a couple of hours you don't steer so now i wonder if that's because i have the durango box somehow no it's probably just heat related yeah heat's a major problem on any xj platform i'm gonna guess it's probably an issue with the tjs i don't know if caitlin's rig does it but she also doesn't have a locker so she's not nearly as or working it as much and i wonder if it's i know fluid i never checked well you'd know (laughs) are you goddamn serious well it doesn't whine so i know know it's not enough fluid well graham's on the case we have figured it out (laughs) <laughs> oh, shit. All, all I do is the day before any trip, I just top all the fluids off and I'm good. I feel like we're kind of moving away from the uh, if you should build on <laughs> oh, a little bit. Oh, no, this is steering uh, 101. Related. Power steering 101. Mm. So, the other so brakes oh. wise, what do you have to do to go tons? Do you just keep the stock brakes out of I feel like that wouldn't put enough pressure down because. I mean, that's a big piston brakes on a one-ton setup. Like Graham you... and myself are both running 2001 Dodge Ram Van Master Cylinders. Bolts um, in. It bolts Works in. Men. You only have to cut the bracket for the factory. Um, the Oh, what the fuck? Brain work, please. The um, proportioning valve. You have to cut I, just the use the, I just used the factory one. I didn't use anything special. Because I remember I had to trim one tab off so that way it was mounted up with one hole, but it's just holding the proportioning valve, so I didn't care. Maybe uh, it's ABS was... versus non ABS. Yeah, Maybe I did do the ABS too. delete then. Mine's so you have ABS? I used Oh, that it. means you've got a different your, your proportioning valve is different in general, and I think you only have one to the front and one to the back. Yeah, right? so I've got mine just teed off. Gotcha. Like, yeah, mine is right the down off non ABS. It's bad yeah so, months what about if like so like my 14 bolt that i still have sitting in the back of my truck when i put that in should i adjust the proportioning of val- valve so that way because it's disc now i feel like it's going to need more pressure to be actually like 75 25 so that way um, proper pressure so 
if it was me, I would recommend going with like a ZJ proportioning valve or just gutting the proportioning valve for the discs. I have a ZJ I, one I in my rig. It, see what happens. If you've got discs in the front, discs in the back, then you're going to want to just leave the proportions the same, right? I I don't know. Well, your no XJ comes with disc in the back factory. No. So, so gonna, if you throw the ZJ valve in there, they did come with discs from the factory. At least that was my thinking. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I haven't had any issues with mine, but I guess your mileage will vary. Yeah, you, you can always wrong. just you know play proportioning valve scientist, right? That's half the fun <laughs> is you know you put what you have in there. If it doesn't work, then fix you, it. You put a ZJ yeah. one in and see if that works better. That's one thing I will say that I like about the one tons. My rig actually stops. And it goes. Really but, well. Yeah, like, to put a perspective on it, my rig fully loaded, driver, full tank of fuel, uh, standard tool loadout, if you will, just to go wheel in, maybe an extra drive shaft for the rear and, like, uh, extra axle shafts. I crossed the scales at 5150, 5200. Jesus. So, Man, girl. She's a chunky lady. Um, <laughs> but it stops as quick as my pickup truck, if not quicker. Um, I'd say quicker, Luke. Probably. I'd hope so. It doesn't weigh as much and it's got the same axles. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, but it stops very, very quick, even on 40s. It's. My brakes in that are probably better than the brakes in my girlfriend's trail trailblazer. Wow. Or uh, any like car that I've driven that hasn't been something like a BMW or my uncle's Porsche. It's, well, it's, it's got to that, be... That's part of my reasoning. That That's what? part of my reasoning for wanting to go one ton is just the on-the-road manners. You know, we're, yep. we're driving vehicles and we're modifying the shit out of them. You know, the Cherokees came with, like, what? Stock 29-inch tires or some shit? <laughs> and it's just... Yeah. We're, we're changing them so much to drive s such bigger tires. You know, we're lifted and everything. Whereas the one-ton axles, they're wider, they have a lot more stability, and they offer, you know, axles meant to stop one-ton pickup trucks and their loads. Plus, the I fact mean, that you I can, can then beat them harder. I think you would notice a large difference if you went with a longer control arm setup and the gearing, because that I love, 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 love driving my Jeep the way it is on the road. Now, after doing that before, it was horrendous. I wouldn't even want... I mean, I would drive it from driveway to the trailer, onto the trail, and then back to the trailer, because that's all I wanted to, wanted to do with it. Where now, shoot, I drive it to week every other... Or drive it to work every other day. Like, it's... I don't know. Oh, no, I, no, Cody, I'm not saying, like, my Jeep's driving bad because of, like, control arms or anything like that. Like it's it's satisfactory for me because I have such low limits. But sorry, I think you mean standards. standards. <laughs> I just corrected myself. But it's like the the stopping force and everything. Like I I know that I take considerably longer than normal to stop. 
I mean, that's partially because of your rear brake setup. No, that got fixed. That's it. It's been fixed. When we put the new axle in. It's you should have told me I could get I, I could did. do a whole rear brake setup for a hundred bucks for an A two five. So oh yeah, yeah. but also I, this I, one's I like thrown you. together the week before Badlands. Yeah, yeah, like I, I redid my brakes. Should have told when I, uh, I was doing the axle swap. Well, yeah, and we did the axle sw- or he did the axle swap. What was it? I think I helped a little bit, but it was like. Two days before we were supposed to go to Badlands, we had this axle on the floor with the metal slushy axle sitting next to it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we were in my garage doing stuff literally the day before Badlands. Huh. And on, in all honesty, Luke was only there because I knew my Jeep couldn't safely get to Badlands. <laughs> But I was really, really hoping Luke would just go, ah, fuck it, should be fine. <laughs> so that way I could go to Badlands and then blame my terrible weekend on Luke. <laughs> <laughs> but Luke, Luke, Luke was a good friend and said, no, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, that would have been bad because you had a horrible drive shaft bind going on. I forget what we did to fix that. And then you had the... um. No, nothing yet. <laughs> that that's I, what your uh that's what your T case is for. Oh uh, yeah, and then we took care of the shock mounts having like literally a half inch up travel. That was great. If what, Graham, half have, an inch or less. What was your take going to the Dana fifty and the ten five? Um. Because I know you hopped right from 35s to 37s, and, like, you kept the rig extremely streetable. Yeah, uh, I was, honestly, I was nervous at first. Um, I can remember the first time after I got it slapped together and drove it down the road. I don't know if it got death wobble, because I was only going 30, but it didn't feel that great. The steering on it was the factory ducky steering, which is just like a basic Heim setup. Not to knock you, Luke, but it wasn't it wasn't set up for the articulation that the axle had. So it, it would just bind on the box and everywhere else. And it it was loose all over the place at the at either end on the Heim. So it just it just didn't perform very well. It the angles weren't good. Um and I wasn't happy with it at all. Uh, Is that when you one, went to the high steer setup? Yes, and this was before I had the hydro assist on it, so this was just raw, um, raw steering with just the steering box and no stabilizer or anything. Raw bean pole. Yeah, power. pretty much. And it was, um, it was. I don't know if it was the tires being unbalanced because they definitely are unbalanced. They're not helping anything, but. When I did a proper steering setup, and that took me a couple tries to to get it right with the you know, the weld on knuckle um, bit that or weld on high steer that brought it up, brought the drag link to a better spot. I put some bends in that so I can actually get the you know I'm not going to bottom it out and just rip the pitman arm or the sector shaft from the steering box, which is uh, I know that was a problem on my old setup as I was just ripping that too hard. And with the hydro assist, it it just keeps it all all together, even when things aren't perfectly balanced. So, 
in the defense of the steering that I built, one, it was the first setup I had built like or built for a one ton setup. I didn't even know about the weld on high steer. So that it wasn't ideal, but my rig was an inch lower and being a ZJ, it had the drop pitman arm on it. Yep. So I didn't realize that there was going to be that massive of a difference between the two inches of lift that we have different and the drop pitman arm. On my yeah, side, I'm, I'm not it, knocking you for the steering. It was just, Oh no, it was kind of shitty. If I'm being brutally honest, like now looking back on it, I probably could have done it better knowing what I know now. Mm-hmm. And th that steering was, I mean, that was probably the hardest part of the whole build because I had the axles done, right? It was drivable, but it drove like shit. It's like, okay, I just destroyed my daily driver. It doesn't drive good at all anymore. Uh, I think, and then in between all some other, you know, other stuff, I was just running out of steam with the whole build because I'd been working on it for several months at this point in between, you know, a bunch of work stuff going on. I think I like switched jobs in between all of it. So I was, you know, switching my focus back and forth between that and, and finishing up the, the steering and everything and just getting it all dialed in and uh, just having, having to redo the steering because I would make the draggling too short because it was at the wrong angle. Cause my driveway's all uh, lumpy and not straight. It was, it was just a, it sucked to get done, but I'm glad I took the time to do it the way I did it because it, I haven't had to touch it since. And the clearances yeah. are tight, like especially on those rims. I think there are definitely pictures I sent a couple of years ago when I first built it. Uh, you know, like millimeters of clearance between the the bolt head and the rim because I had to and I had to grind it down to get it to clear and. <laughs> I can't use one rim in the front because, or I, I can now because I hammered it out, but it was oblong. It was like, it was, it was an oval. So it would be fine in half the spots, but the other half, it would just scrape away. But, and at the time, my biggest fear was just it's self not, yeah, not grinding it enough and having it self clearance and then just like take a chunk out of the rim. Right. That'd be sketchy. And it, hey, so yeah. people used to pay good money for those split rims. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So all but, in all, why did you end up going with one tons then? Uh, if you well, said that I, your Jeep drove great, you wheeled it, you had a great time, then why switch? Because, well, A, because I, I that's sort of where I wanted to go with it. I didn't realize that how big of a difference it was going to make, right? I was I was content with the 30 and the 44. I had no problems with them. But when I blew up the 30, and after I had already been... You know, I had gotten really comfortable with that setup. I I knew how to wheel it. I was I was getting really confident in the trails I was doing. I sort of knew when I blew it up that I'm I was just I mean a it was I blew it up because I was I just wasn't in the right line and that just is how you break shit. But uh, I I knew I wanted to bring it to the next level, and I'd seen Colin driving his totally fine, right? And some of the uh, maintenance on his was severely lacking, and it still seemed to drive on the road pretty good. So I was confident that I could keep it streetable and, you know, just bump myself up to the next level of what I was doing. All right. So, one cheater tip if you want to run your rig down the road 05 plus, 
with O5 plus rims works really well for keeping you mean the O4. In. No, O4. I'm talking O5 as well. I'm getting to the O4s because they need some separate addressing. Right. So the 99 to 04 axle is what me and Gra or Graham and myself, I should say, run. But um, I had to clearance my knuckle to get the 17-inch rim from an 05 plus axle to fit on it. But by grinding away a little bit of the knuckle and a little bit of the tie rod end uh, at the bottom, I was able to get my width down to, I think I'm 79 and a half inches wide. It's about the same width as your average Dana 30 with like maybe a three inch backspacing rim. So I don't get hassled often by the cops with that setup. Yeah, it's, it's not obnoxiously wide. That was you know, the biggest thing I was surprised by was how narrow it ended up being considering. So and pretty then, much. I, oh, sorry. Good. I don't. I don't know how much of a difference the O5 is. I think if I if I do end up swapping the 50, which is on my mind, but I haven't had issues with the 50. I haven't had issues with the 50 parts on the 50. Only the the parts that a 60 would have as well, right? The 30 spline outers, right? Unless I wanted to do a 35 spline, which I, I'm sure I will. It's really just the upgradability that would keep me, uh, or would make me move away from the 50. Right, it's just not a. Well, you know, if you were to twist my arm just right and throw those five thirty-eight gears you have sitting at the shop into a O five plus housing, I might be willing to, you know, just eat us, delete us the uh, ninety-nine to O four sixty under my rig. You know, parts bribery and all that. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Like I said, the fifty hasn't given me any problems, so I'm willing to work with it. Whoa, if I go I thought... to a... I thought the 538s were part of the deal for that 60. What's happening now? Now it's getting <laughs> like, like a storage fee? Damn, I'm getting <laughs> fucked all over the place. No SOIE for me, no drilled out steering box. Jesus, I'm just getting shafted. I know. Yeah, you got the most shop time out of any fucking Jeep this year, and that's including after doing two motor swaps this year in mine. Yeah. Cut me some slack. It's understandable. So pretty much your one-ton reason you went one to was just right time right place Luke yeah was getting it rid just of worked his, out i had the axles up. uh yep. i got rid of mine just because i wanted to build bling fucking axles and i realized that i could build less than bling one tons that would be a shit ton stronger for about the same cost as doing a like an arb or a ox in my 30 and you know a detroit or a yukon ziplocker in the eight and a quarter and by the time that I realized that, I could just do the welded, which I'd been running, and it worked. And throw a Spartan in it with just a U, um, Artec truss. Fuck it, I'd rather go that route. Yeah, you I mean, there's I mean? a cool factor to the one-ton stuff still, right? It's not a... Right, it's... They have their benefits, but when it comes down to it, you know, half the reason you do it is because... It just makes a cooler rig, right? Right. I could keep I could have a caged rig on a thirty and thirty fives and it'd be capable and I could put a bunch of stuff in it to keep it and keep it nice and make it cool. But uh I don't know. There's there's an extra level of a ch a challenge with with one ton axles, I feel that it's just yeah. half the fun. 
nothing gets my attention quicker than like say a full-bodied rig with coilovers a quote-unquote engineered suspension and one tons because that's like you're pushing the outer limits of what you can get away with driving and odds are if it's built right it probably feels like you're driving a race car if it has been done correctly Mm -hmm. you know what i mean to me that's cool as hell yeah it's really fun to just be able to drive my my jeep like a regular vehicle through through boston on the highway and you know just around town and with all the regular cars and just i don't know there's just something that's so wrong about it that i'd love <laughs> yeah yeah there was a lot of fun driving my rig up to ma bell and just like mobbing up the highway i know kish was getting yelled at by jess to slow down trying to follow me through the switchbacks <laughs> We get to Ma Bell, I'm aired down, and like I'm running up to go and try and get my slot to hop on Gatekeeper behind, I think it was Colin and Graham with that open run that we did, or like that pickup sticks run that we did. I forget who was there, but I know that she was yelling at me because Kish's Jeep had the spare tire on the roof, and the thing was <laughs> leaping. <laughs> Like hell, going through the corners, following my dumb ass. Because <laughs> I'd go into the look, corner at like look. 70, and I would just hit the gas or hit the brake, because my Jeep does this weird thing where it like torque leans. So you either nut it or you hit the brakes to get the body to, you know, do the thing where it goes around the corner sharply. <laughs> Little FYI, your roof is not the best place for your spare tire. No, no, and that I put is, it in the back of the jeep. That is, yeah, I, I learned that quick. <laughs> <laughs> hold up, hold up. That is one other advantage to one tons that no one talks about. The extra width and the unsprung weight does wonders for your center of gravity. It sounds dumb that adding more weight. Oh, it's definitely helps. been talked about. Yeah, I guess it's probably been talked about, but I mean, like on an entry level conversation like this, we're not really going hyper into specifics on suspension geometry or anything. It's a worthy point to be brought back up. It helps mm-hmm. with the stability of shit, Tom. Yeah, it totally changes That's, both on road and off road performance. You did. I'm just coming back to it because I feel <laughs> like it needs more discussing than what you just added to or had added to the conversation. Um,. It's noticeable, like, my rig doesn't have a ton of suspension flex, but it just kind of three-wheels its way down the trail and does its job. Hopefully now with the 14-inch coilovers and the four-link, it'll, like, flex its way down the trail happily, but, you know, to be determined. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Graham, where are you putting your coilovers? I'm probably going to that out yet. I'm probably going to put them in the front. Lame. Lame. I don't know. Lame. I haven't gotten that far. We'll see what happens with the doubler, because that's going in first. And then I'll figure out. Put your rear axle back another, like, four inches to center it in your rear wheel well. And link it, you know, just go all out, except that it's going to be a tow rig vehicle. No, even if I four-link it, I'm still fucking driving it on the road. No. Oh yeah, no. I'm. I literally. I will not. I will not stop driving my vehicle until I literally get pulled over and told you cannot drive this on the road anymore. I'm. 
like beadlocks. That's when that'll start happening. I don't even know. You could get some beadlocks that look like they're fairly nice. Like if you put an alloy beadlock on there, I don't feel like you're going to get fucked with compared to like a well-done beadlock on a stock Super Duty 17. That's going to get you fucked with. Yeah, I get, I get you, but like in Massachusetts, yeah, but around here nobody knows what a beadlock is. No, but if they do, that's the problem. Unless it's a military beadlock, they're the only ones that are legally allowed on the roads in Massachusetts. Well, then you just fake. lie a little, or, or just put a rock ring on it. I pop beads anyways. It's easy to pop them back on. I don't know. If we're talking about legality, then you know we should look somewhere else because I don't have a sticker on my <laughs> yeah. Jeep. I feel that. Right. I like my sticker better. There's, there's like, I didn't. I'm not even gonna try. Yeah. I'm not, there's no point. I got a bunch of stickers on my Jeep. <laughs> so, on a side note to that, if we ever start up a merch store, I have a connection for the old school pirate four by four double flip off emoji. I will be posting that. <laughs> that is awesome. currently Cody's inspection sticker. Dude, my boss asks me about it one day. I, I drove my Jeep to work, and he's like, so is that thing like – mind you, I was like, mind you, I'll give you a little background on this guy. He has the new Land Rover uh, Defender. So like, that's the type of guy he is. He wants luxury, but if he has to drive it to Canada in a snowstorm, he wants it to be off-road capable enough to do that. So he's looking at my shitbox, and he's like, is that thing legal? And I go, yeah, it's, it's, it's registered and insured. Yeah, he's like – Oh, what about an inspection? I'm like, huh, huh, what, what's that? Like, what's an inspection? <laughs> and he looks over, he goes, oh, we have a sticker, right? And I go, yeah, I got something. He walks over, he looks at it, he's like, how the fuck do you drive this thing? <laughs> he's like, he's like, one, he's like, back last year when I had my, uh, hit a Chevy 2500, he's like, when I was driving that thing around one month, I forgot to get an inspector or just didn't do it. He's like, I got pulled over, but you're running around to this thing, which look, looks like a delinquent just stole somebody's vehicle and put some lift onto it. And I was driving around and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty lucky. Like, <laughs> all right. That, that is one little side note. If you wheel a full bodied rig in new England after a couple of like solid seasons, the thing looks like a goddamn tin can. Yeah, I was pretty sad when all the body damage started happening to my Jeep. But then I remembered that I just don't fucking care. And it looks cooler. (laughs) (laughs) That's sort of half the shock factor, right? It looks like it was just in a collision and it still drives right? Especially mine. Mine is definitely without a blinker now. Half the header panel's destroyed. The fender looks like it's a Skittles wrapper that you just crinkled up and put in your pocket the hatch well, is a different you, color that's because you keep driving the damn thing into trees i can't turn richie i i'm turning the thing the wheels are spinning but nothing's happening it's just going where it that, wants and that sounds like a you problem there's a lot of smoke coming out of that damn passenger cabin through your ear hole yeah it's uh <laughs> i don't no, know i i mean i love it as I think my favorite body damage was when we went into Soggy Bottom in Badlands, and my rear quarter got smashed up about like a foot and a half. Like literally, it was just destroyed. And I was driving it around, and I went to some like Jeep show in Connecticut, and it was it's at a polo club, mind you. Like there's Ferraris, there's Porsches and stuff, and like this Jeep group in Connecticut invited me and the girlfriend out to go. So I'm like, yeah, I'll try the shitbox. Why not? <laughs> and I roll up and I'm like, oh, this is this kind of event. 
I picked up a rock, a massive rock off the side of like this parking lot. It just started smashing my quarter panel back together because I wanted to at least look somewhat presentable. I <laughs> was great. Oh God. Yeah. So one thing I have to say, that's really nice. If you decide that you want to stretch over eight inches, you can cut all the body damage out of your two door. It just gets <laughs> up here. This looks like a new fucking body style Jeep right now. I'm like, I could I'm almost throw new fenders on it and get away with street driving this thing to work every day. <laughs> I can get by with once a week, but more than that, and the cops start looking at my Jeep kind of funny because I don't have anything closed in in the rear, and, you know. So, with doing the uh, two-inch or two-inch-plus stretch um, leaf spring mounts, like if I do it on the 14 bolt, can I still run a stock front drive shaft in the rear with an SYE with that? Because I know that the tail housing on a 14 Honestly, bolt is dude. I couldn't tell you. It's going to depend on what the numbers come out to. Like, you could throw a set of S10 Leafs in there and get three and a half inches, but I couldn't tell you until it's in there and we can get a tape measure on it. Okay. Because prior to the 14 bolt then to get my Jeep to a little bit more stretch in the rear so I can pull it away from the front so I don't have to cut the rear door pretty much. I'm trying to not eat my tires as much as I am. If I were to do that, could I do like a zone lift, like leaf spring setup for the S10, like throw those in the rear, stretch it out a few inches, and then run a stock drive shaft? Do you think it'd be fine or not? Honestly, rear, but... if you're willing to put an anti wrap in it, I would throw like maybe an S10 leaf or a Toyota Tacoma leaf in there, maybe. Because if I remember correctly, those move the centering pin like three and a half or four and a half inches. I don't remember perfectly off the top of my head, so don't quote me on it. But by doing that with a shackle relocation bracket, you could get it moved back roughly where you wanted it to be, like three, four inches back, and we could cut part of your fender away and throw some tube in there and then move the, uh, like, cut out the intersection of the fender and move it back a couple of inches. Yep. That might work for your rig. I don't think it would work for my rig just due to how far back it's going. It's just going to have to get boxed off. Well, the yeah. tank is in the way, too. You have to move the tank. Which yeah, I'm planning he... on doing anyways. Yeah. That, that's that's happening. So I'm thinking about taking the... Uh, I my... guess we'll have this discussion now. Let's talk about fuel cells versus uh, throwing the stock tank in there. Well, we kind of dabbled on we, it we, earlier. We touched on it. I think it's... Well, my my thing I'm thinking because of the uh, the problem with the plastic tank, I was thinking about getting like Luke has some spare plate sitting outside a shop. I think they might have moved it inside the shop now. No, but... we got to do that next weekend though, because like yeah. I don't want to let my skid plate rot into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm thinking is I take the tank out. And then cut out the floor section where it'll be going to. Obviously, then I'm gonna have to do shock hoops because now I'm cutting out where the shock mounts are. They have the all funky and ugly and whatnot but if i were to plate from like the unibody to unibody underneath so that way that's where my skit like my new tank can sit i can get foam to put around it so that way or i could just spray foam the shit out of it just fill the whole thing up like you know like do with the packaging now where you crack it and it like fills in the excess area and then set my plastic tank on top of it and then obviously then like get some aluminum or metal like sheet metal and then just bend like a kind of like a firewall if you will around it so i don't explode it 
but i think that might work out better than doing like how you said how peza did it with um like just sliding it up a few inches this would now i would have a like a pretty nasty skid plate and it would pull it all the way up and yep but then the i do problem, run though is three ace plate without any kind of like support on it you'd have to put some kind of tube on there or some kind of right angle at the very minimum just to get it so that it's not going to bend because like okay even my quarter inch links which are the square with the and i have them clocked so that they're they're like a diamond shape yep those are bending to shit okay yep. so and i can just do like, kind of like like not trusses but just doing like even if i like i could get angle iron pretty much and just weld that in on top so that way it'll just or should you, i do it vertical pretty or much need you would pretty much need some kind of ribbing to go on the plate to yeah. add the strength to the plate underneath yeah. or inside the vehicle i mean preferably on the inside so you could have a flat yeah. bottom yeah, yeah that's kind of I what think. i was thinking so i mean that's yeah. not a bad that's not a bad idea then well, i, I stretch- feel like it might be easier to make a wedge, if you will, to like support the stock tank and then maybe lay another layer of sheet metal down to get a double. Bra- oh, wow. Excuse me again. Uh, to put a <laughs> double brace on the floor pan. Okay. Um, so that way you could mount your stock tank in the back would be fine because I don't know. With what we've been discussing, I don't know what the future of your Jeep's going to end up being. It might end up getting chopped up a little bit, if you know what we're saying, and going... Uh... <laughs> the paint pen marks are still there, so <laughs> we can still make it happen. Yeah, that's definitely going to be like a end-of-next-season project if we're going to look at it. But oh, yeah. I yeah, would yeah. be very interested to see where the fate of your rig goes. I kind of see Kish's going to one tons eventually and being kept as like a full-bodied family crawler because, you know, he's got little Kish on the way. Kind of the same path Graham took a little. You know, well, one-ton daily. Yep. I kind of stepped a little, like, another step and a half past Graham, and, like, I'm running a lot less interior, and I have a lot less care about what goes on with my rig. I'm but the at the boat. same time, I need to work <laughs> on the driver mod a little bit, because the driver mod needs to be capable of the wall of death. The rig most definitely is. That I just need more confidence. Yeah, how's your weight reduction and no AC, no interior didn't get you up the wall of death. <laughs> no, I didn't. he didn't try though. He didn't try, so don't come at him like he was trying to do it and got denied. <laughs> so fuck off, fair, man. Fair. <laughs> I, I wasn't in the mood to try that that day. I was very content to take the climb off to the side of that. It was still kind of, it was a decent climb off to the side. It wasn't nearly as cool as the wall of death. But, like I said in episode one, I built my rig very quickly, and I'm still trying to adapt to the capabilities of it. And, like, I'm working up to it at my pace. I don't want to race at it because I really enjoy what I have, and I don't want to destroy it by being an idiot. And I believe that day you were having trial or problems with the truck, and I think you're going to be driving your... Uh jeep to work or something for like a while oh, so I know you're that right on. you're right i had the oh, issue oh here's the, the daily excuse he Whoa. had to drive it on the road Whoa. Oh, yeah. break it 
<laughs> no, no. But if I remember correctly, that was the start of the EVAP problems with the truck. And that ended up costing me over $1,000 by the time that I was done with fixing that fucking piece of shit. Yeah, just yeah. to fucking get rid of that truck. Dude, that's the fucked up part on it. If you want to talk about losing money, that truck was a fucking money sinkhole. I bought it for I think nineteen thousand, and it was like a two thousand and nine Chevy, uh, fifteen hundred LT with the tow package. The truck was a good truck. I drove it for four years, but when I sold it, I ended up selling it for like seven and a half thousand after sinking, uh, about a grand just into the fuel and evap system to get it to not have a check engine light to be able to sell it. Ouch. If you're going to buy a gas or tow rig, buy a gas 2500. It doesn't matter if it's a Dodge, Ford, or Chevy. Just get yourself a fucking 2500. You had issues with the brakes, right? That was half the thing, right? Yeah, well, I ate brakes on that truck like... Like it was your day job. In the four years that I owned that truck, I went through eight sets of brakes up front and Jeez. one set out back. That's horrible. Um, mm-hmm. It towed okay. It had the 5.3 with the 6LE80 or the 6L80E. I don't know which way they differentiate it, but whatever. Um it was okay towing, but like the trip home, the suspension just wasn't happy, and the truck itself felt like it was always struggling. In the morning, you could anticipate what the truck was doing a little bit better, and like the trailer wouldn't throw it around as much. When I went to the one tons and put the cage on it, my trailer started becoming very noticeable with the Jeep on it. I could tow Kish's Jeep without a problem, but towing my own Jeep around started to get obnoxious, and that's how I ended up with the uh, work truck F-250. That's just like a base model 6.2, four-door, six-and-a-half-foot bed. But it's got 430 gears in it. With and death wobble. No, no more death, death wobble. wobble. That has been fixed. <laughs> It only took reloading the entire front suspension from the track bar, drag link, uh, including the Pitman arm. I did the Pitman, and I did a tie rod end on the truck, and ever since then, it has been okay. But I also did the drag link. I did the tie rod, yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it's yeah, been but- going good for you now, so... Luke, with your fifth, with your uh, Chevy, it was also a lot more important about your actual placement of the Jeep on the trailer. Does the yeah. F two fifty not care as much? Oh God, not no. nearly as much. Literally, we just drive the Jeep up until it hits the steel plate, and we call it good. All I have to do is I have to load the overload spring. Once I hit that overload. Truck does not give a fuck. It's rated for 75 with the cruise control on. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, like... I wouldn't know. Wait, your current truck is only rated for 75? No, I'm saying it's rated to run 75 miles an hour down the highway with the cruise control on. Like, out to Roush, I was banging out through a couple of the sections at like 80, 85. 
a couple of the sections I toned it back and I was doing 75 and then once I hit PA and there was a state cop every fucking six inches we did 65 the entire way through PA (laughs) hit New York and hammer down those Pennsylvania hills oh poor Jeep he was yeah I'm excited for next year going to Roush I'm or Roush however you want me to pronounce it Roush Roush. Um, I'm definitely excited for Roush. I think it'll be a very, very fun trip. Yeah, give me one second here. I want to just double check the date before I go announcing everything, but let's see. What would it be? That would be August. Wouldn't it be in August, like the last week in August we were doing Roush, I think it was? or I don't know. I think it's probably too soon to, to pinpoint a date. I know we were talking about doing it at the holiday at the end of August, if I remember correctly, because it's like a three-day weekend. We're thinking about going and doing a run at Roush Creek. We did the Web Wheelers Ball this year, and that was a goddamn blast. I'm kind of sad that half the club missed out due to prior commitments for Labor Day. But we had X game like... Said so if it's that same weekend, uh-huh. I sadly will not be there next year. <laughs> no, we moved it up another holiday. I'm in the same. We moved it up me. another holiday. I think it's Memorial Day. Okay. So the, the trick is to just not have a life other than wheeling. Memorial Day is at the beginning of the year. But mm. see, the problem is, is that I already have pre-existing uh, things. Like so that like oh, the yeah. after that weekend. I'm loading up a Tri-5 Chevy into a trailer, putting my truck in front of it, and towing it out to Lake George for a five-day weekend. And it, it is not a cheap weekend. I mean, the hotels go from 150 a night to 360 for the weekend. So, like, it's so expensive. The food is expensive. Like, it's there's literally no way for me to be able to plan accordingly, especially due to work, for me to be able to squeeze in a rush trip within, like, a week before or like the weekend before and a weekend after, like it would just, it would ruin yeah. me. So, so we'll see. Hopefully though, I really want to go. I heard that. You yeah, guys no, we, uh, we sked or we were talking with Caitlin about scheduling it for earlier. I'll just have to double check with Morgan and Caitlin about the date that we were talking about, but I know it was a holiday weekend, I believe in August. Perfect. Um, I'm down for that then. The, we're going to be doing that again. This year we did the Web Wheelers Ball 2.2 Electric Boogaloo. Next year's <laughs> It's a continuation on the Chris Ball birthday celebration because the OG Internet XJ legend knew how to party. So we figured we should continue the tradition on and maybe one day we'll get him to come to his own birthday party. <laughs> if not we'll party on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> basically i mean after he had the kids it's been a bit of an endeavor for him to get out wheeling it was great to see him at badlands this year that was a highlight of seeing or uh him and jamie at badlands was a great time oh is he the one of the, the, the best yeah, he had the YJ with the LS. I think it was a six liter and uh, the forty three SXs and the oh, thing okay. fucked. Yeah, it was the black and orange buggy. Yep, yep, yep. I got you now. the The best part for me was when he came up to our little group. It's like, hey, 
whoever orange thing that is on the side of the trail, I think I kind of took out your tail light. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he destroyed it. It was literally gone. The, the tail light was no longer there. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Was... It, it was gone. Not to say anything, but he was feeling good, and uh, you know, Dan should have parked his rig in a better spot. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah he barely there. pulled it off. Can't blame him. But that was a good weekend. Um, one thing I want to add is one weekend that we were at uh, the backyard, we went out on the trail and we had uh, Overly with us. That was a good trip as well. I can't remember if he was the last one that stayed or, or stuck around. Well, he got stuck. He was the very last member of Alcoholics to leave. That he, was he a like, good uh, trip. He spit a U-joint or some shit like that on his rear drive shaft, I think it was. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's yeah, right. yeah, it, yeah. It took him like three hours to show back up with the parts to fix it. <laughs> so everyone else left. And then he stayed, he fixed it, got himself out from where he was, and then he started bombing around all through my wood. So you just hear this fucking turboed v8 just blasting through my woods while we're all doing the creek trail and i walk over to invite him to pizza he's like i actually ate while i was out getting my stuff (laughs) but if if you guys are going to go up and eat lunch i guess i'll just head home no 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 just stay hanging out i feel bad you you only wheeled for an hour you broke and then you want to wheel still it's like, oh no, it's fine. It's and part he, of the he deal. sounded so sad. You know, <laughs> his buggy though is the aspiration that I am moving towards with my own project. I'm just gonna do it a little bit different. Like I really want to put 43 SX uh Mickeys on there. Like what Timmy Clark runs. Those things are fucking sexy. I want to put those on a Ford buggy with a healthy V8 in it. Like, 350 horse ponies, I feel like, would be pretty fun in a rock buggy. That's something that you could also still take to Roush and put a cooler in and, you know, go and enjoy the day of wheeling. Because for me, I have to enjoy it, and it has to be a comfortable trip. It can't be something like... I don't know how those F&F buggies are, because they seem to me like they're kind of on the small side. So I wouldn't want to wheel that all day at Roush. And then go to AOAA the next day. But I don't know what I'm talking about with that. But to me, they just seem small. You know what I mean? Well, small can be good. Small can be good, especially at F&F. But mm. at Roush, wouldn't you want to have room for the cooler and, you know, a passenger so you have someone to spend the day talking with? Well, that's what the ratchet no. straps are for. You, you need a, you need a cooler, <laughs> the cooler and the passenger. And then a no, you replace a passenger with the cooler for the beer. <laughs> you, no, you need one for water food, on the trail. one for beer. No, oh, yeah, only yeah. water on the I'm trail. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that part. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You didn't say it. Now you didn't hear it. <laughs> All I'm gonna say is I wheeled Roush in a green haze, and it was a goddamn beautiful time, especially riding passenger for that being stoned out of my mind that was probably top 20 life moments Uh, i rode with colin it was a good time i also spent some time hanging out with graham and griff and 
I can't wait until we have the internet legend Hackbar on to talk about that trip in full detail. Oh, uh, yeah. And he's going to be coming on sometime around, we're thinking, possibly the week before Christmas. And another cool. note on that would be uh, we're going to have um, Sean, which would be the club president on, to discuss how the group that we wheel with, Backyard Built, became a thing. We're looking at early December for that. Um, do you guys have any other closing thoughts that you want to add in? or No, just... Thanks for listening. Honestly, uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. We love hearing feedback. We love knowing that you guys are also enjoying this. I mean, the four of us. This is just a really nice way for us to sit down and bullshit longer than we already do. It's. I'm really happy to know that people are enjoying listening to us, listening to us bullshit it, about. It has been really great hearing people say that they actually enjoy listening to our four dumbasses. <laughs> yes, it's it seriously is, and I I, I appreciate it and. Uh, if you guys ever want to wheel, hit one of us up. We will gladly have you come out for an intro run and we'll get you out there. The other part that I like about this is we kind of get a chance to like discuss how and what we do and why our rigs are the way they are and like what has led up to it, what's leading into next season, and it's fun. I mean, any excuse to talk about the rig is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All I, right, you guys want to call I, it here? I like I like it when you guys tell me I'm cool. Yeah, you're cool, Richie. You're cool. Yeah. Hey, don't, that's pandering. That's you can't fucking <laughs> add and be called cool. All right, guys, you want to call it here? Yeah, well, yeah. sounds good.